Welcome to Manager Tools. Don't use consensus. This cast answers these questions. How should I make decisions with my team? How can I include my team's input? Should I use consensus? Well, if you want to answer these questions and more, keep listening. Here we go. You got to know, it's not very often that you can see a manager tools conference by day and then fill your evenings with a pumpkin festival complete with massive carved pumpkins and glow-in-the-dark adventures. However, October 1st and 2nd, we'll be back in the Atlanta area. Our hotel is near Stone Mountain, and we'll be there with our effective manager and effective communicator conferences. All of that while Stone Mountain Park's annual pumpkin festival is in full swing. So come on out and see us and the pumpkins by registering at manager-tools.com forward slash training. I think in my uh, long career, I have, I've heard many people tell me that consensus is the way to make decisions that affect your group. Um, and, and then they, sometimes they go down the path of wisdom of the crowds and if, you know, a hundred farmers can guess the weight of a pig. Yeah. And I guess <laughs> my, my people are smart enough that they can figure out how to make a decision, how we're going to move forward on this project. Right. But um, it's flawed. <laughs> yeah. The whole, the whole wisdom of the crowd thing, uh, like, you know, eight people is in the crowd. <laughs> that math <laughs> really, really breaks down. Yeah. Consensus is popular because it's inclusive because it sounds it sounds like nah, not democracy, maybe like a Quaker meeting or something. Um, oh, it sounds good. I mean, it absolutely sounds good. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's not good. And, we, and not good, we mean not effective, right? That's the, I mean, some yeah. people may think it's good because it's inclusive oh, it and all that. It feel but, good. Sure. But it's not effective. And you're a manager, and of course, you're paid for results. So if you just want to ignore the fact that you're responsible for results, feel free. Yeah. Go for it. So first, let's. Describe what consensus is, which will surprise some people. Uh, and then we're going to cover an important point that a lot of people aren't going to like, but it's fundamental. You can't, it's not us. We don't believe it. It's just true. Only one person makes decisions or at least is responsible for decisions on your team. Uh, then we'll talk about how consensus squelches dissent and that um, true consensus, if you really use it right, actually empowers people to veto your work. Uh, and then finally, because some people still feel strongly about it, we're going to give you a little bit of an out about how you can use it if you're going to try it, which we don't recommend. Good. Okay, so let's let's do the thing that I'm thinking is probably impossible: is define consensus. So have at it. Good luck. Yeah, there, there's a you know you, you could spend half an hour looking at various definitions and go scratch your head a little bit. Basically, it's roughly defined as a feeling of agreement among people, a group of people, okay? Uh, you know, we, we say roughly defined because there, there are a lot of different definitions. All of them, though, generally agree that the idea behind consensus, the root of the word, comes from the feeling of the group. In fact, some of the definitions, and I had known this, but I when I read the definitions reviewing the cast, I kind of went, it's worse than I thought. The word harmony comes up. Um, I don't know, most corporate, corporate, uh, organizational missions and mottos and so on. Harmony is not a, you know, more, more like achieving some reasonable modicum of not fighting <laughs> as opposed to harmony. Look, we're all in favor of harmony, folks. We are. 
Uh, but when it comes to decision-making, actually the history of decision-making, uh, I just finished reading a 900-page book called Strategy. And before that, I read a book about decision-making. And it's just not, harmony is not a, uh, not something that comes up very often. Um, there are also a lot of uses um, of consensus where it basically says that everyone agrees. And I think that that implies sort of a black and white, either you say yes or you say no on a topic, and then therefore everybody has said yes, which is misleading um, because that's not, in our experience, how people think about things. But look, it's really hard to find people to tell you that their definition of consensus, everybody agreeing, it means unanimity, which is another uh, decision model, if you will, that gets everyone agreeing. You have to achieve unanimity. Um, but in, at least in unanimity's case, there's a vote. Unanimity Im implies a vote, whereas in consensus, there's just kind of a sense or a feeling. Um, and to us, one of the things that's always bugged me about consensus is you just have a lot of questions about the use of it. And whenever we've taken a topic and the word causes me to question and I go and look at definitions and uses and so on and definitions. I don't, I don't like it when a book starts, you know, 250 page book and the, the definition of the word is blah, blah, blah. Um, and then they create a straw man and, and beat the straw man down. So in my mind, definition is not as important as usage. So we, you know, you start asking questions about consensus and you realize it it doesn't hold water, at least for most operational, tactical, even strategic decisions that exist in organizations. If one person doesn't feel good, feel good about a decision before the group, has that group reached consensus? There are some people who will tell you, many actually will tell you, no, hasn't reached consensus. Um, if a vocal minority of your team wants to do something, but the majority disagrees, but does so quietly. In other words, they disagree, but they're not going to make a stink. Is that a consensus? I've had many people tell me no, but in fact, I think it is. Um, if everybody agrees on a topic, but nobody cares, like, sure, whatever, I don't care. Would you say you've reached consensus? Literally, nobody cares enough, to, right? Right. You've reached apathy. <laughs> That's yeah, that you know. Mutual apathy. There you go. <laughs> new, new idea. My, my definition of my, my decision model is apathy. <laughs> um, and, and then you start thinking, if feelings, how people feel about this, are part of the approach replying, if nobody feels anything because they don't care, you know, how big of a resounding vote of appreciation or whatever does that leave for consensus? Anyway. If nine out of your 10, nine out of the 10 people on your team strongly agree to something, uh, they feel harmonious. But one person says, I can't decide. On the other hand, he also says, but I don't feel good about the idea. Is that consensus? What if one of the people on your team says, I'm not against the idea, but I'm still angry that my recommendation wasn't given a fair hearing, so I can't commit to feeling good about this. I don't feel good about it. I don't feel harmonious with everyone else. 
Have you achieved consensus? I would say the answer is no. Okay. And then, okay, if, if nine out of 10 people on your team matters versus, say, six people out of 10 liking an idea, aren't we really just voting? But the problem is voting is about numbers and consensus is about feelings. And the consensus doesn't say, consensus generally doesn't say anything about majority. But voting, majority is a fundamental principle of it. Here's the other thing that I think in common usage makes consensus a bad idea. Ask 10 people how they define consensus and see how many different answers you get. If we can't agree, although that said, we've mentioned it a few times over the last 14 years, Mike, and, and we've given a clear definition, which we'll give again in a second. And it, so if you ask 10 people who are manager tools listeners, no fair. Um, but look, if we can't agree on, on how, on what we're going to do and how we're going to do it, why would we expect that process to lead to good decision outcomes? It won't. Okay, so here's our, you know, working definition of consensus. We've said before that definition is no one is willing to fall on their sword in disagreement, not one person, okay? Now, that's useful persuasively. I think it helps clarify how you approach the process by which you reach a decision when you need input from your team. But it really doesn't, it's not dispositive. It doesn't address potential gray areas and so on. So I've tightened that a little bit. Consensus is general agreement together with the absence of strong enough dissents to justify a veto. Okay. General agreement together with the absence of strong enough dissent to justify a veto. In practice, this would mean that a small vocal majority on your team couldn't push their way to consensus. It would also mean that even if the majority of your team like an idea, someone who feels strongly enough against it denies the group the ability to claim a consensus. And that, my friends, is a bad idea. Okay. I think about um, the bad idea part of it. I, I know there's an apocryphal story about President Leaking, right? He's taking a, a he's in a cabinet meeting and he's going to take a vote as to whether or not to sign the Emancipation Proclamation. And all the cabinet secretaries say no, right? right? And whereupon Lincoln raises his right hand and says, the eyes have it. Oh, that's funny you mentioned that. I, I, I had not heard that story. I just use the eyes have it in things I think I think, my weekly email that goes out to all of our licensees. But Reagan, right? Uh, no, no, no. It's not. No, it wasn't a real guy. It was Jack Ryan as President of the United States oh. in a Tom Clancy novel called yeah, uh, executive right. decision. Yeah, and they're they're uh, discussing the idea of shutting down the interstate highway system using the National Guard to prohibit interstate travel, and of course, constitutionally, the right to travel between, say, California and and Oregon is constitutionally protected. The government can't prohibit you from going state to state, and um, partly that's a function of the fact that it used to be. We were just states, and it was much more a confederation of states than a single nation, which happened to have states in it. And somebody disagrees and says, you can't do that. He says, okay, well, I, I think I need to. If we don't do this, it's entirely possible that this, this biotoxic weapon that's been released on the U.S. will spread and kill 
you know, 20, 30, 40 million people. And they gave some examples historically where that was, you know, a bad thing. And uh, one person in the discussion says, you know, the Constitution is not a suicide pact. You can't follow the Constitution and watch the country die. Um, and so the president, Ryan, says to everybody, okay, let's discuss. And they discuss and discuss and discuss. And then they came back. And There's like 20 people in the room and four people voted yes. And like 15 or 16 voted no. And uh, President Ryan says, the eyes have it. And then turns to Secretary of Transportation and says, you will close the the interstates. And he says, no, sir, I won't. I think that's illegal. And he says, okay, I've accepted your resignation. Turns to his deputy and says, you'll do it, right? You'll do it, right? And yes, sir. The young lady who was the Assistant Secretary of Transportation nods her head and says, yes, sir, I will. Um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't that's a link, it's a part much I, better I, example. I, although it's pretty a well-known story. But I guess the, the point I brought it up was, it just isn't as just one example of why consensus is bad. There are some people with some pretty messed up thoughts in the world. And you get a group of those people together and you make decisions based on consensus, you're going to end up with some pretty hideous stuff, right? Yeah, you're, you're going to satisfy a stick in the mud. Um, you're going to have to contort yourself around a person who has discovered that your decision model essentially plays to their separateness. Um, many of us have been on teams where one person just didn't feel like a part of the team. Maybe he or she had been mistreated in the past. Maybe they were frustrated. Maybe they were very close to retirement. Maybe they didn't get along with the previous boss, or maybe they didn't get along with you, the boss. Um, maybe they got turned down for promotion. Maybe they didn't, who knows? Maybe they're legitimately struggling in their personal lives for whatever reason. Um, someone who doesn't necessarily have the best interest of the organization and your sub-organization at heart suddenly realizes you, you've given them a a wedge, uh, a lever. Yeah. Well, on the other side, it's, it's if you're listening to manuals, I suspect you don't fall into this group. But consensus as a decision-making process, in my experience, is often used as a way for a manager, somebody who is responsible for escaping the responsibility that they have. And you don't. If you're a manager, you're an executive, you're responsible for that organization. Yeah, that's and, interesting. And, you know, consensus, you can say, well, you know, the team, <laughs> I'm sorry, boss, we, uh, you know, we just went out of business. But, you know, the team thought that was the best way to go. It's like, no, I'm sorry. Only one person makes your team's decisions. And that's you, right? If you're the manager, it's it's you. So consensus can't be used as a way to escape responsibility because you're still responsible. Yeah, our underlying disagreement with the idea of, of using consensus on a regular basis, or if you don't use it regularly, on something important, is that when it comes to managing, you are the only person empowered to make decisions for your team. No one else. Um, if you were to say, you know, the team voted and they chose A rather than B, what that basically means is you used a decision process that provided input to you and you decided to make your decision based on that. Now, that may surprise you, but that's the underlying principle. We're not aware of any professional organization which requires 
a certain decision-making process. We're not even aware of any professional organization that encourages a certain decision-making process throughout the organization, through all levels, hierarchy of, of leadership. And look, it's, it's probably a surprise to hear it, guys, but the near-universal absence of decision-making guidance points to one conclusion. Managers alone are imbued with decision-making authority to include decision-making process authority for activities for which they're responsible. Basically, when you think about it, this relates to that old aphorism that a manager and leader is responsible for everything her group does or fails to do. And that follows inevitably from the, the linking, which is necessary, of responsibility and authority. People don't think about responsibility and authority all that often together. But if you doubt it, think about what happens to someone who has authority without responsibility. Or somebody who has responsibility without authority. It's either moral hazard or you know, professional suicide. Every project manager has felt the need to be frustrated with responsibility without authority. And every tyrant thinks authority without responsibility is dreamlike. Um, the usual response to this idea that we're talking about now is that uh, it's not true because what about the fact that my boss lets me make my own decisions about my work? This is particularly true for individual contributors. And there's also, a, unfortunately, that there's also a principle that says decisions can be delegated. And uh, um, a similar principle that decisions are most effective when they're made by the most responsible party, the person doing the work. So if I work for Mike and Mike's responsible for X and I action X for him and he leaves it up to me to decide how I handle X, the fact that I'm making decision doesn't mean that Mike isn't responsible for my decision. Okay. And we don't want to get too theoretical. We're not suggesting you have to make all your team's decisions. We're on the other side of that bet. Delegate action to decisions more. But even if you're delegating a decision or you're using consensus or voting in or any other thing to decide, you're the one making the decision. Your team is providing you input. Or even if it doesn't appear after a vote, you're the one making a decision. You're the one responsible for the decision. Now, we don't think that you should make every decision because you're responsible. We just think you should know that there are people on your team who will assume that the group made the decision. And in hierarchical organizations, groups don't make decisions. Have you seen the 2020 public conference calendar lately? We're opening new events each and every week, so don't forget to check in at manager-tools.com forward slash training. Of next year's 37 events, 20 are already accepting registrations online. Get out ahead of the rush and register today. Our next point is a surprising one for many people, I think, is that consensus can actually squelch dissent, which just seems... Oh, no. Yeah. Just, it just doesn't seem like you wouldn't expect that, but it is true. Yeah. It doesn't in a group that's highly well-formed and highly knowledgeable about decision process, decision theory, and so on. But for the vast majority of groups, the, the data show that people don't know how to deal with the squishiness of consensus. And so it ends up being uncomfortable for people to be in the minority. Um. And look, consensus is linked to 
really sweet ideas. Con collaboration, harmony, good feelings, sugar plum fairies. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a dark side. It also has a dark side. A vocal majority or even a vocal plurality can shame the minority into going along. After all, there's no vote. The majority knows that. And the majority knows that even if, even if the minority disagree, consensus takes into consideration the degree of their disagreement. If you disagree with me, but you're not willing to fall on your sword about it, that's consensus. You and I agree. Enough to go forward. Even voting, which we also don't recommend other than, no, I was about to say other than which restaurant to go to. Um even voting has less of a chance of discouraging the minority on your team, believe it or not. Voting's broadest meaning includes equality of individuals and equal representation, one person, one vote. If I vote and lose, the counting was clear, and the principle of the process is well established, and there are ways to address deadlocks and so on. <laughs> I had, you know, the, the other problem with voting, and I've seen this where the, the boss says, okay, we're going to vote on this. And then everybody votes, and the boss knows it's the absolute wrong thing to do. And so they throw away the vote and said, yeah, yeah, we're doing this. Yeah, well, that's the whole other thing we don't even address here. The problem is if, if you think you're going to get consensus around something, and you end up with two people out of six or eight that are willing to fall on their sword, and then you take back the decision model. There you go. And say, right, okay, sorry, guys, but this is the way we're going to do it. It's like that old, we, we've said this before. Um, if I ask you to do something, if you work for me, and you say no, and then I raise an eyebrow, if I could, and say, yeah, I don't think you understand what's going on here. I'm not really asking. I've basically sent a message that uh, I am the pure authority here, and even when I ask you for things, I expect you to tell me what I want to hear. You talk about destroying trust. So same thing here. Okay, we'll use consensus. Now, you assume you were going to use consensus because people were going to behave professionally, and you are describing what these two people who are disagreeing, falling on their swords against you are, is unprofessional, and that's why you're willing to change your decision model. But don't expect to get any other decisions input on decisions other than what people think you want going forward if you change your process in order to get what you want, especially if you change your process arrogating power up to you after you've tried to democratize it or delegating power, if you will, in some way. It's like that FedEx commercial where the they're trying to cut costs. Okay, people, let's cut costs, ideas. And one guy who's dressed sort of slobbishly, nah, he's just not... You know, it doesn't look sharp. Says, uh, I know we can use FedEx for all of our shipping and save 10%. And you can see everybody in the meeting turns to look at the boss, right? Like, okay, what's the boss going to do? Now, that's not the point of the story. The point of the, the, uh, the point of the joke of the commercial, which is in the commercial, the boss who looks like central casting for a CEO says, okay, people, here's what we're going to do. And he uses hand chopping motions and so on. He <laughs> yeah. goes, we're going to go with FedEx and save 10%. And everybody goes, hey, uh, oh, great idea, sir. Yeah, yeah, great idea. And the one guy says, yeah, but he said the same thing I did, only he went like this and moved his hands around. And he got, and you know, somebody else looks at him and goes, yeah, he did. <laughs> 
So if you're going to start changing your decision model in order to get what you want, you might as well just make all the decisions yourself. And what that does is when you, when you destroy trust and you start making all the decisions, uh, you're going to get compliance energy out of your team and not commitment energy. Now, look, when you have voting or consensus, each potential dissenter must decide the level of their dissent in front of the people who are in favor. Who's to say that a less secure dissenter, dissenter would essentially take up veto power? Some of the data showed they won't. Um, partially because, again, if I'm in the majority or, or the vocal plurality, I know that I can immediately say to you, oh, don't stand in our way on this. And I can go through the process knowing you weren't in favor of it, but you weren't strongly against it enough to stand in the way. And that creates fractions on teams, um, which is not good. Yeah. You also said that true consensus empowers fetus. What, what do you mean by, by that? So there's a joke among executives that when we say consensus, we mean whatever the boss wants. And the reason for that is the opposite, is the executives don't use consensus. In fact, they vote and the votes are recorded if you're on the board of directors, for instance, which I would disagree with as well. And the reason why is they know that consensus allows one person to veto things. And uh, if you have to make a decision, the absence of decision-making at the highest level of decision-making of a major organization or even a mid-sized organization will paralyze the organization and doom it to long-term failure. But it's so politically correct to talk about consensus that the, the, the downside in every decision model has a downside. Look, voting, everyone talks about voting being great as if the world should be a plebiscite. But in fact, everyone's heard of the phrase, the tyranny of the majority. And so voting has its weaknesses too. And look, tyranny has its weaknesses obviously as well. And organizational role power has its weaknesses as well. We all, they all have strengths and weaknesses. Consensus's weakness is that it empowers the smallest minority to block any decision. And then also to bargain for concessions, which most internal you know, sub-organizations in a large organization can't afford. The moment you start using consensus, you're at risk that your least team-minded directs now have a distinct advantage, and they know it. And the advantage exists because of the decision-making process you've chosen. Look, suppose one of your team members just lost their request to become a lead on a, a very important project. The next day, they stand in the way of a team meeting reaching consensus. Can you be sure that their disagreement is principled, meaning it's not just... I want to take my toys and go home. And look, if you have any thought that it might be unprincipled or selfish or emotional, <laughs> it's funny that it would be emotional when, in fact, consensus includes how people feel about things. Are we going to nakedly change our decision process to eliminate the vital power that consensus obtains just because there's one person who has hurt feelings right now and you think they might go against you? Frankly, we hit on it earlier. We didn't make that big a deal about it. Just admit that your team is, is giving you input and you are going to make a decision. 
because that's actually what ends up happening in most cases. The decision model is a way for input to occur, not for the decision to be validated. Right. Okay, what about those folks who um, still want to try? Still want to try. Despite our admonitions not to. I'm going to do a rare thing and break one of our rules. And we have a rule. Wendy and I coined it years ago when uh, somebody said, I know you don't want me to do X, but, you know, I really, I've decided I want to do it. Can you tell me how? Which, Wendy and I agreed later, was a pretty big pat on the back for us. But I wrote an email and said, I'm sorry, we don't give advice for things we don't recommend you do. <laughs> um that said, I know there are times when consensus might be because you've counted votes or because the issue is is anodyne or whatever. Uh, consensus is potentially something you could try. The gist of this podcast is consensus can't be your go-to move. It can't even be a semi-regular move. But in a rare case, low stakes, votes already counted, clear, apparent consensus in uh, in your mind, uh, you could use it, okay? If the decision being considered is unimportant, don't take a vote. Votes are bad decision process, for generally for managers. Don't ask for a show of hands. That's a vote. By the way, one of the problems with showing hands, people won't raise their hands. They realize that you're counting yeses and nos, but many managers then don't compare that to the total. And now you've got a person who is literally saying, no, I'm not going to vote. I'm going to take my toys and go home. Anyway, if you're going to do it, ask your group for input this way. Don't ask for a consensus. Do we have a consensus? Because that confuses people. And I don't mean that they're confused and they're not smart and they don't know what consensus is. If you ask a group, do we have consensus? You're asking one person to sense how everybody else is feeling. It's not, it doesn't make sense from the standpoint of human beings make decisions individually, and then those decisions are aggregated. So ask it this way. Does anyone disagree with this enough to stand in the way? And then if no one does, implement the decision. But that's the way you find out that you don't have consensus. So the way you achieve consensus, interestingly enough, is the absence of something. So summarizing, there's not really a consensus on what consensus is. That's not a good look for our decision-making process. <laughs> That's not a good sign for, for the value of consensus. And, you know, it, it is akin to the parable of the three men, three blind men touching the elephant. More importantly, let's not kid ourselves that all of our, all of our team's decisions are ours, whether it's explicitly stated or not. All the discussion and voting and coalition building and even pre-wiring, that's not decision-making. It's input for the manager's decision. That's it. All right. Um, so we have a we have a tradition or a recent tradition of thanking thanking people who have supported us in the community for many many years. Who who uh, who do you want to talk about today? Brian Fries. Uh, Brian has been with us. Um, um, you know, actually, our data shows that he just logged in recently, but he's been with us since the very beginning. He was one of the first, I think, first ten. Uh, licensees. Wow. There have been some licensees that, that for whatever reason, they're no longer with us or whatever, but uh, we've had, we, we, we get emails every once in a while from people who have retired and said, look, I'm retired. I want to fix income. 
I don't really need manager tools anymore, so I'm not going to be a licensee. Uh, and we miss them. And so some of those people have retired since the very beginning. So they're not on this list because this is not only people who were there at the beginning, they're still with us through the entire time. Well, that's when you know you've been around a long time when people uh, people no longer with you because they retired. <laughs> yeah. Well, my feeling about that, it's always good that that they write us a note and it's very humbling. But in my mind, the thing that makes it feel great is they were at the end of their career and they were still learning. Yeah. Don't let that not happen to you guys. <laughs> in other words, you know, as I've said it before, you don't stop learning when you get old. You get old when you stop learning. Absolutely. Well, Brian, thank you, sir, for, yes. for supporting us and helping us to do what we do every week. Um, it goes, helps us, helps us quite a bit and um, more importantly, helps the community. So on behalf of everybody, thank you. Yeah, and we've said it before, guys, but if you don't realize it, the reason the podcast is free is because licensees support us. Our purpose is to make every manager in the world effective, every professional productive, and that's not going to happen in my lifetime. It's not going to happen in Mike's lifetime. It's not going to happen in, in our successor's lifetime. And we can't simply give away what we have, not have some economic model. Um, and so I would just encourage you, if you're not a licensee, um, rethink that. Uh, it gives us the ability to do all kinds of things and make it easy for us to support managers all over the world, most of whom have no budget to learn the kinds of things we teach every week, twice a week, thanks to Career Tools on our shows. All right, sir. Thank you. Thanks, partner. All right. See y'all. 